Welcome into DTC. Two shows in two days. 2019 is off to a banging start. Who can complain with that? DC sports fans, listen, we're all dead inside, but we're just going to have to make our peace with it. Stevie was on the show yesterday with me. Today, LP and FP make their 2019 debuts. I'm assuming we want to start with Fire Bruce Allen, hashtag Fire Bruce, hashtag Fire Ernie, hashtag Trade John Wall. Where do you guys want to jump into here? There's all kinds of things to talk about. The topic I'm most interested in is to get your, I want to hear your opinions on the possibility of the Steelers sending Antonio Brown here to D.C. I'm not sure who's going to be throwing him the ball, so I don't really know the value of a receiver without a quarterback to pass the pill, but we haven't had a receiver. I mean, you take all of our receivers for the last two years combined and add them up, and you still don't get his stats, which is just bananas. But he, he's got, I mean, a, a future Hall of Famer throwing him the you know, throwing him the ball right now in Pittsburgh. I, I'm not buying that the, that the Steelers are going to trade him. I just don't see it happening. They... The Steelers are one of these franchises that are always stacked at the receiver position in particular. This goes way back to Heinz Ward, Plaxico Burris, Emmanuel Sanders. It just seems like they've always had talent at receiver, and it's a proven tree. So I'm not I'm not questioning that he can go anywhere and be successful, but this is Washington, D.C. after all. The curse, is a, the curse is real. The curse is alive. The curse right now is in the Bahamas, I believe. Um, after eight out, after marathon meetings, after uh, the, the, the blowout loss at home, LP, you go first. Happy 2019. What are your thoughts? Do you want to see Antonio Brown in a Redskins in a Redskins kit? Uh, I mean, jersey, uniform, whatever you want to call it. Where do we go from here? And at some point, you and I are going to get into some NBA talk, specifically John Wall talk. And FP will probably just roll over and die at that point. But that's okay. But for now, Happy New Year. Get in here. Happy New Year, fellas. Look, here, here's the deal. Antonio Brown, we can do a stat check here, probably has more yards in the last year than the whole Redskins offense did. And I'm not joking. The Redskins offense was was absolutely horrible. Now, to think that the Steelers would actually trade Antonio Brown, probably the best receiver in the league, I actually think it's kind of true because Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, they literally pull receivers out of out of, out of of the air there in, in Pittsburgh. And it doesn't matter. We've seen this so many times. It doesn't matter who's playing there. They're going to get their yards. They're going to get their catches. It's just such a fine organization from top to bottom that can can bring in receivers, bring in players. So I don't see the I don't see the Antonio Brown uh, being traded to the Redskins. One, we don't have enough money to pay for him, and two, he'd come here and like you said, who's going to throw him the ball? He'd he'd regress to Josh Stocks. I mean, I don't want to see him here. I mean, just quick, yes or no? You want him in a Redskins uniform? Yes or no? Next year. No, if I want him on my um, on whatever team I'm rooting for, which is no longer no. the Redskins. Your fantasy team. You you, you don't want him. Okay, Why FP, not? you're in. He, Tag he's the best receiver in the league. You you have zero cap space, and you're going to have to give up somebody, probably one of your better defensive players, because that's where the Steelers need help. I'm hearing it's you a Kerrigan esque. What better defensive player do we have on our team? We don't have. It doesn't matter. matter. Why Why are you going to bring in a 30 year old receiver that yes is good, but has nobody throwing him the ball? That's vintage Dan Snyder movement to win the fan base back. It's not going to do anything. Well, the fan base. Zero so Steve and I talked about this. The AB fan base. Years old. The fan base, and we are the fan base. Have you know? We have now crossed the horizon into apathy. Like I just don't care anymore. Like I, I won't. I, it's hard for me to say that I care. Now it's the off season, so I guess there's there's some of that's already baked in. But I'll tell you, down the stretch, with all the injuries and the the terrible man, roster management and the DJ Swearinger cutting for me was like, I, I, I know he's not like the best safety in the league. 
but he's the best you've had in a long time. And to get rid of him over some comments about a deadbeat coach who probably shouldn't be coaching anymore, the, the, your defensive unit, you, I'm no, not buying uh, it. Antonio, Antonio Brown proves uh, Antonio Brown proves why you cut DJ because if you truly have talent, you can get through it. Wait, wait, wait! I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I'm not copying. So you think? Well, I'm not. Uh, explain that or pull that. If thread you're, if you're, if you're, in, if you're Antonio Brown level elite, you can say whatever you want to say, which is what he's doing. He's going to get traded right now. They're going to trade him. No, I can Le'Veon Bell. This you, they will trade. No, him. man. Listen, this isn't the Cowboys. Le'Veon Bell didn't show up. That's okay, different. But he the Steelers, the Steelers up. refused to give him what he wanted. Right? They they wouldn't give him a contract, and they wouldn't trade him. All I'm saying is if you're at that level of eliteness, you can get away with saying what you want. DJ Swearinger was not that level of elite, and you caught him because he was destroying your franchise from the inside out week after oh, week I'm after week. And you think, his, you think his DJ did more damage than, than Bruce Allen? No, I think okay. DJ on the did field did damage yes, did. and did damage, yeah, and he didn't back it up on the field. You can see multiple times he had huge tackles that resulted in touchdowns that could have swung the game a different way. There, there's a reason why DJ Swearinger has been on five teams in what four years and in, in seven years in the league. Exactly. He's he's a good player. I agree. He's probably the best safety we've had in a while, but he's not even above average in my opinion. I think he misses way too many tackles, and the damage that he does on Mondays on Grant and Danny and with any microphone in front of his mouth. Is far worse than his play on the field because um, he on the Tennessee game he had the third it was a third and twelve or something like that he had direct uh, um, opportunity to make a tackle and potentially give the ball back to the offense and we would have been in in easily scoring position um, and he blatantly missed that tackle so yeah I don't think I don't think he's is that he the reason the team the team I, didn't like he, you can't pin this all on him you can't. No, no, I, you're I not never, pinning the losses on him, but we're saying he he thought of himself Good. as a Ferrari, but he wasn't a Ferrari. He was a GT Mustang. The Redskins were like, we can get another Mustang. He's not a Ferrari. He's not. He wasn't a, a, a an amazing talent to come by. I mean, but that's not a, that's like not a terrible was. analogy. But are you saying Antonio Brown is the Ferrari? Antonio yes. Brown is absolutely a Ferrari. Right. Which is why you have every I just every can't fan I can't see a scenario team. where I can't what? see a scenario where he is the player we've been watching for the past several years in a Redskins uniform, right? Because to some extent he that absolutely was absolutely will not be right, exactly, and that's part and that's for me. Like I, I don't want him here. He'll he'll be disgruntled and pissed. Not to mention we have a quarterback who doesn't have a history of getting his studs the ball ever. Like that's Who's our quarterback. That, I mean, whichever it is, whether it's <laughs> Alex Smith or Colt McCoy or whoever, like. I mean, look at look at what he did to a two-time Super Bowl winning MVP caliber Hall of Fame first ballot quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh, getting into a an altercation with him and then basically piecing out on the team. I mean, you you can't have that. Pittsburgh wouldn't tolerate that. And we're talking about Ben Roethlisberger, not the the you know the revolving door of quarterbacks here. I mean, what would he do to Josh Johnson? Are you kidding me? If he doesn't throw, if he doesn't right, pepper him with twenty-five targets a game. Are you? This is a disaster. It's a disaster. Now, the the one caveat to that would be he would get his twenty five targets a game because there's nobody else to throw it to. I'm all about look. I'm all about the the value here. If if Pittsburgh, if they want Jordan Reed and a bag of chips, fine. But if it's going to cost us uh, Kerrigan and a draft and a bunch of draft picks, no, thank you. 
We're we're not we're we're more than a receiver away from being competitive. Let's just be real here. Like he's not the piece that you're missing. We're we're not, you know. And he doesn't like he makes a I mean he makes a terrible unit good. He doesn't make a good unit awesome or a terrible unit awesome. Like he's not he's not joining the Vikings, right? Like this is not this team is so far away from competing consistently. Look, at, I mean, you look at what for all the crap we give Cowboys fans and and Garrett in particular as the head coach there. Wouldn't we trade all of our like our peaks and valleys, successes and failures for the consistency of the Cowboys over the last I don't know his tenure, five or six years? He's only had one losing season and a bunch of five hundred seasons, right? Like it's not yeah statistically. I would take that. Of course we would take it, right? We're we're stuck in this place where we've had one ten win season. We have, I mean, and we're basically a bunch of mercenaries on the field. Nobody actually wants to be here. I take that back. I think there's a few guys that truly do want to be here. But, I mean, even the guys that come here and they're like, oh, this is my team and blah, 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 like a like a Clinton Dix, he's terrible. Like, come on. He's terrible. He's out of position all the time, and, and we don't need to get into that. So I'm not yeah, buying. But, but, but here's here's the thing. What does it mean when an Adrian Peterson comes out, you know, a future Hall of Famer who's been on the Vikings great team, he was in New Orleans last year. He's been on some pretty good teams. For him to come and say, you know, Washington has been one of the best places that I've played in. I love being here. What's he going to say, LP? He's trying to get paid, baby. He wants to be back on a team next year. He's not getting paid here. If he wants to get he paid, he's going to go elsewhere. He won't be getting paid here. You can't pay a guy that much money when you have guys behind him, when you, when you have... Uh, I mean, I disagree. So I think that's, that's the, old, that's the lone bright spot. That's the lone bright spot, bright spot we have right now on our offensive unit is that we have we have two and a half serviceable running backs right now. I mean that's a that's a good place to be because you don't have tight ends and you don't have receivers. And you're missing a, you're probably going to need to replace the left tackle, the most of the offensive line. I mean this there's so many holes. This is a why, why you are know, you replacing Trent Williams? Trent Williams, no. Stevie pointed this out actually yesterday. I, I didn't I wasn't paying that close of attention to it, but he had more penalties down the in the last 3 games of the season than he did all of last year combined. That's crazy when you think about it. Now I know he missed a bunch of time there too, but he's getting oh. older. He's tugging. He's holding. He's. Yeah. But but listen, I mean, he was healthy most of the year. He only missed like one game this year, and then the penalties. When you have uh, some donk from Centerville High School just showing up when Jay Gruden has to give him the address to FedEx Field to show up on Sunday, like I mean, what can you do? Okay, but but that's he, where the penalties are coming from. He's slipping into like Joe Thomas territory, right? Like he should, he's having a a Hall of Fame level career on a team that will, he'll never be recognized for it. Like we're past his prime at this point, right? No, you're you're in his prime for at least a good three more years. Okay, so three years he can easily give you another three years. He's not. He's barely thirty years old. Give him to thirty three. I think he can he can hold up the line. But what you do need to do, what you what the Redskins need to do is find depth on the offensive line. Morgan Moses had probably his worst year. I think he was the most penalized offensive lineman in the league. And then outside of him, um, with Sheriff being out pretty much the whole season, there was literally nobody there. Just a bunch of random guys picked up off the street where Jay Gruden literally had to give them the address to FedEx Field to show up on Sunday. I think the code name for that is Jags, right? Jags, just another guy, J-A-G. I think, but look, I'm not buying that that uh, that that you know Williams is still in his prime. I think he's on the downward slope at this point. And frankly, you're still squandering it because you don't have a quarterback. He's not protecting anybody. Like this is like I don't know how this team can be better than it was next year than it is right now. 
I, I just don't it know where be. you go. From. It's, uh, yeah, it's impossible to be better. I mean, Next even that. Year, uh, I don't know done. how it's possible to be better. You, you at least get some healthy bodies in the in the offensive line. You at least get Brendan Sheriff back. You at least get um, Paul Richardson back. But yeah, you're probably right. You're. It's probably a wash, or slightly better or slightly worse. I mean, this team as constructed is probably what a three or four win team. Uh, right mean, now, yeah. yeah. And if you're if you're rolling with Johnson at quarterback, I mean, that's the best. That, I mean, that is the ceiling. Colt maybe gets you one more. Give me Colt. Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah, but Colt can only last two games. Exactly. So what's the difference? He's, he's gonna he's gonna play one game maybe. And he's always been a hot or cold kind of quarterback. So he'll have one game that's amazing, and then the next game it's a complete dud. So Yeah, which is why he's not a starter in the league. Like, this is – like, not to be all, like, 100% doom and gloom here, but I, I just don't see anything positive. Like, guys coming back, is you know, or, or playing, I guess, would be a positive. Adrian Peterson gave you a good year, gave you a 1,000-yard season when not many people expected it. But you don't have anything at, at, from a receiver position. You don't have anything at tight end. You don't have anything – you're lacking a lot offensive line. You don't have a quarterback. I mean, this is just on the offensive side of the ball, a disaster, right? You know and, what? I, and Bruce Allen I, I, and guys, I, Bruce Allen is still in charge. Last I checked. Yeah, I, I would. I would, uh, from the player personnel perspective, I'd let Colt McCoy walk and save that money and go get yourself a Teddy Bridgewater and a rookie no, and no, try to develop a, somebody. All you have then is another injury-prone quarterback that's gonna not know the system and then you're going to get the Alex Smith learning curve that everybody was complaining about when we were six and three. You can't do that. What you should do is keep he's actually not injury prone. He's had one injury. He, he broke his neck when he, it was his team to have him before we went to Kirk. He is injury prone. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about Teddy Bridgewater. No, no, no. He broke himself walking up and down the sideline. That's injury prone. Yeah, if Who, I'm not mistaken, it was, I think it was. I think he hurt himself in the preseason, like the first day of training camp or something, uh, two summers ago. And then, Either way, and then Case stepped in. I I don't want. Yeah, to get or Bradford then Case. Debate. Bradford then. I don't want to get into the Gruden debate, but he's not a good enough head coach to keep adding in these quarterbacks that have to learn the system and start right away. Hold on, you saw that with Alex Smith. Uh, look, man, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. Okay. I'm saying. His system clearly is not that easy that somebody can just walk in, pick it up, and perform, which is the whole reason why you have a Josh Johnson here. But he did, get, he did get a guy who was not in the league five minutes ago to be competitive in three in two of three games and win one of them. So, but that's because he already knew the the, the Gruden terminology for that offense. Uh, so see, so I, I don't buy that. Really you tell me nothing has changed in the last 10 years. That no. they were together. Would that, would that surprise you with Gruden? Would it's that not even that. that. Nothing's changed. He's been he's been on eleven teams. So if you had had eleven jobs, and and I were to ask you something about a job that was six or seven jobs ago, would you remember? No, it's not humanly possible to remember that stuff. I mean, literally, you got to give Jay a little bit of credit that he brought this guy no. in. If, if you want to, if you want to talk jobs and you want to get dork about it, that's like me being really good at Linux and you asking me about Windows. That's the type of difference we're talking about. But to be fair I, to, I to be fair to Jay here, he didn't want butt fumble. He was he was forced to have him. He wanted, but I mean, according to everything that we read and heard and were told, Kaepernick was on his short list of people to try out. He was denied, and this was the next best option. I mean, butt fumble was a disaster. And I, I imagine there was a collective like because look, as fans, there was a collective 
like F, like what the hell, what is this? This is gonna be terrible. And then you don't expect Colt to go down, but when he does, and he and and Sanchez comes trotting onto the field, it's over. I mean, if we as fans know it's over, the players must know it's over too. Like, oh, for sure, right? So, well, you could you could tell the players gave up that game for sure, for sure. But but for them to to kind of come back and play again in the season, you know, one game later with Josh Johnson, yes, and that's why a, a testament to Jay a little bit. But it's also like to me, it's also about DJ Swearinger, about a vocal leader who was willing to, to stick his neck out there and say what needed to be said because because Norman wasn't doing it. Right, so you look at this defensive unit. Like, who who are your leaders right now? Kerrigan has never been the guy to grab the microphone and and preach or, or do any of that. And maybe maybe Allen will be that guy. Maybe Deron Payne will be that guy, but they're they're still too new to to kind of command and demand that stage. This team, I mean, it's literally a ship without a rudder at this point, and you still got an insane guy in the bridge calling shots in Bruce Allen. Like, this is a disaster at, at literally at every position. At I mean, linebacker, disaster. Secondary, pretty bad. Defensive line, above average to good. Offensive line, terrible. Like, injury prone. No depth. Like, there isn't a single thing here that you can point to and say, this area is trending in the right direction. Attendance at Tressway. the stadium, no. Yeah, Tressway is having a... <laughs> Tressway should be in the Hall of Fame tomorrow. I mean, with his perfect season, but it's unfortunate because, and again, we end up in the same conversation that we always end up in. Like, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing: we say this every year. We've said this the, the past five years. At the end of the the last game of the season, we say this, and then Jay Gruden brings on a team, and somehow we go seven and nine, eight and eight, you know, uh, nine and seven once. So it, it's kind of been one of these things that we've seen it happen before. I wouldn't count Jay Gruden out of bringing in another seven and nine team to the table next year. So can I can I ask a question? Everyone keeps saying that, but what's to say that if you brought in a different coach, who was able to control the injury, get your team a little bit more prepared, and figure out their strengths, what's to say that that coach couldn't take your five hundred caliber team that Gruden has had for five years? And get them to ten or eleven wins. I'll because, tell you what says that. Bruce is Allen is the, is the goof who's going to pick that guy. And Bruce Allen has has we uh, I we have zero confidence in him picking anybody who's competent. I mean, well, let's say, even, let's say look, there's, there's also there's also only one currently available head coach that would be uh, an upgrade, and uh, it would be a very minor upgrade uh, over Gruden, right? And you got to factor that in too. I think is it is it Adam is it Gas, gas, or gase? He's the only one that you can look at and say, "All right, this donkey got some things done in Miami with an inferior squad, with basically the Redskins of the AFC, with a terrible quarterback in Tannehill, a a, a clown show of uh, you know random running backs and a hodgepodge of receivers." He's the only guy that you can look at and say is maybe a smidge better than Gruden, and it's a smidge. And then you have to think, well. Isn't there something to be said about continuity? Jay Gruden has, you know, effectively and continuously overachieved with the talent he's been given. I, I will say that until until I'm blue in the face, guys. I, I mean, I I'm not like I'm not a hardcore Jay guy, but you got to give him credit. He he's overachieved, especially in these last two years, with a with a quarterback playing receiver and then no receivers basically this year, and the team was still in a position to fight for a playoff spot. I mean, that's. So- that, you, you have to my, give credit for that. Can I give my prediction on what you do if you were to change coaching? Is you would essentially go Marvin Lewis, who has his ties with Gruden. You would assume that offense is pretty close to similar to what Gruden is running. 
And then you can do your comparison with Dalton to Alex Smith or whatever, and then assume that somebody that took the Bengals from being complete trash the way the Redskins are now to, on average, a 9 to 11 no, team. No, no. Same as Jay Gruden. They're the seven. same. And Marvin, we've already been on the Marvin train. He was here. He coached up the defense. He did a great job for one season. Look, I give Marvin a ton of credit because he survived in a city where nobody cares about sports in Cincinnati for a long time. But he's he's been terrible. Like you, you can't replace a 500 guy with another 500 guy and expect to not be 500. Like I'm not, well, I'm then, just not then buying. That's the same thing with the Miami coach. Well, hey, but he's at least. Me... But there's a track record there. Like he might be trending upward more. Uh, look, Jay doesn't get any credit for developing a guy like like McVeigh. He doesn't get any credit for you know getting Shanahan out of his father's wing, like his father's shadow, and making him into kind of his own offensive mind he doesn't get any credit for that at all ever right i, I don't think jay is the problem i really don't yeah that that makes sense but look, you guys i think are missing a point here that there are seven teams in the nfl who don't who don't have a coach right now which one of these seven teams is worse than the redskins none i'd rather go coach any of those seven teams than the redskins the redskins have no quarterback where you got someone like baker mayfield in cleveland or you got um the the, the kid the rookie from uh the jets or even in, in Jacksonville, who they kept their coaches, but still, you have a good defense. You have a good everything, and the only piece that you're missing is a quarterback. So why would any of these coaches, even if Dan Snyder is willing to pay more money, why would they come here to work under Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen and have zero flexibility, zero control over anything that they, that they do? And, and incredible expectations. Yeah, and it's, it's, you're setting yourself up for failure because you know you're not going to survive. Well, I, I mean, they fired. They fired the guy so, that they spent so, a year courting. In in, uh, I'm blanking on his name. All of a sudden, help me out. Right, they, uh, yeah, Lafamina was came was brought in to clean up the op, the business operations side. And f- as far as I'm concerned, as a fan of the team, I appreciated that he was upfront, open, honest, and direct. And they, they canned him, and they said he was the problem. Right? Like it's it's been a disaster league wide because this of, is because an of absolute. Fire. This franchise is a joke. Okay, like it. We are. You know, forget about like our rivals not caring about us or even look considering us rivals anymore. Just, I mean, look at what happened with the Eagles taking over and turning FedEx into the Link South. Like a little part of me, I said this to Stevie yesterday. A little part of me was actually very satisfied that it happened, and, oh, a, so and a much bigger part of me was satisfied that Snyder was there to see it and that he stayed there for an eight hours or apparently after the game to have meetings and whatever, and then jumped on his jet and went to the Bahamas. But yes. What what did they come out of that meeting with? This franchise is a joke. Nothing has changed. Jay Gruden came out and said that you know change is inevitable and that there will be change. I bet you this is going to be like some small thing. Maybe they fire Greg Minuski and they and they promote Jim Tomsula or something so small and so minuscule that it makes well, no difference. But you so said it. Look, a couple years ago, a couple years ago they brought in a guy named Jim Zorn to run the offense. If you guys remember, they couldn't find an effing head coach there's only 32 nfl head coaches on the planet nobody wanted this job and they had to yeah. you know they had to like pivot and shift and, and tell us that this was their guy all along come on like bullshit like what, what are we talking Look, about here this franchise is an effing joke i mean I, we i think fp and i and and you as well probably have been lifelong fans right and I, i'm true and true to my team and all this stuff but on sunday after the game I'm like, why? Why do I root for this team? Like, yes, I live in Washington, D.C. Yes, this is my home. 
and and I've been a fan for this team for so long, but why am I putting myself through this misery? Why didn't I go find another team? I'm and with I'm you. seriously Stevie, considering Stevie it. Stevie for a long time. Stevie, I think, was the first to check out on this. Razzie, you know, Razzle a couple days ago was telling me like he, you know, toward down the stretch, it was hard for him to, to like really sit down and carve out that time to watch a game. And I'm with him on that. Like it's it's hard for me to get up for these games, guys. Like, yes, the draw of postseason play was still kind of in the wind and it was out there and there was a chance. But like I knew in my heart, like as much as I wanted it to happen, it wasn't gonna happen. There's, there just isn't enough talent on this team. And frankly, I felt that way in the offseason when we were we were trying to get excited about this receiving court. It was a disaster. It was a disaster from the start of the season to the end of it. Forget about the injuries. Even if these clowns were all healthy, you didn't have a single receiver capable of being even a number two on an NFL roster. And we're sitting here talking about, uh, you know, I mean, it's amazing that they got to where they did, right? It's amazing that they beat a couple quality teams. The teams that they had lost to, most of them, I mean, you look at like the Colts early on. We were like, "This team is supposed to be down." Well, it turns out they're not. They're they're not that down of a team after all, because they have a stud quarterback. So, like, I, I'm not really sure where the Redskins go from here. There isn't a whole lot of options out there as far as free agents go for for quarterback play. Like, I'm not opposed to having Fitzmagic come in here. I, I don't really care at this point. But you gotta address your skill no, positions. No, no, no. Well, he's better than what you have. Yeah, I don't know. Is I, he? Uh, is he? I'm, yes. So. Because after, he'll sling that, the ball, he'll let the receivers go. After and that rant, I don't, I don't want better. I want complete tank next year. I don't want us to bring in Antonio Brown or Fitzmagic, or go out and get some. Well, some... Fitzmagic is still on the tank path, whereas Antonio Brown would be, you know, a claim that we're we're trying to do this now. We're we're not ready to I, do it now. I need more things to happen for Dan Snyder to get rid of Bruce and to get his wake up call. I need more things to happen for that. All right, let me ask you guys this. If Dan Snyder reassigns Bruce to run stadium, find not a new buying. stadium. We've or, already done that. Don't care. It's you, not true. It's, he, he's still going to spill over and have his say. It's never going to be a true separation. Apparently, apparently, Bruce is the guy that fired La Famina, and he didn't, La Famina didn't even report to him. So, like, I'm, I'm sorry, but like, I'm not buying that thought trend at all. That because there's yeah. this and then delegation. The same thing and, goes when you had McLuhan. McLuhan was doing great, successful. Mind you, there may have been the whole alcohol thing, but you can you could clearly see it was Bruce who who's had his hurt feelings and his pride was hurt, and he needed him gone. Yeah, and That's, we know that like, because Goose would walk into rooms and talk about his draft picks versus McLuhan and who's right. outperforming who. This is right. not like it, guys. This is like seventh grade drama. This is this is ridiculous. It, it is, but until until the owner is gone, at minimum, I mean, look, I'm not a Dan Snyder guy. I don't think anybody in this town is a Dan Snyder guy. But you have to give him. I mean, look, I will always give him credit. For, for buying the team, like, because, I mean, first of all, who spends that kind of money on anything? But he did it. And then at least trying to not be Jerry Jones. If you remember early on in his ownership tenure, he was always talking, always in front of a microphone, right? Trying to be that young 35, 36 year old Jerry Jones. Whereas now he's the 54, 55 year old team owner that's trying to be respected and trying, like, like we, we were begging for continuity. A decade ago, and now that we're stuck with Bruce Allen, we want him to, we want the old Dan Snyder back, right? So, like, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. I'm not like as a fan of the team. I don't know where you go from here. You're in cap. You're, you're in you cap hell. You have ground. no. Well, you do, but you also need fans to fill your stadium. You need to be wise about where you put this next stadium. You need to be. But you need to be cognizant that people are upset with the product you're fielding. 
Do you understand how far it would go for Snyder? He doesn't even have to address the media via microphone. If he just put out a letter that he had somebody write for him in the Redskins front office and say, this is me, Dan Snyder, talking to you. Do you understand how far that would go with the media right now? I mean, it would resonate. Sure, You can't be allergic to the media. That's exactly what he is right now. But he is. But he's he's also allergic to criticism, right? This is the guy that tells interns that they, they tell interns at Redskins Park, and we know this because we know some of the interns very well, that they're not supposed to look at him <laughs> directly in the eye or that they're supposed to stop and face the wall when he walks past. I mean, this is like this is like Napoleon <laughs> complex. And it's incredible, but but this is the ship he runs. I mean... And not only that, but... Everyone at Redskins Park is underpaid, from janitors to cafeteria workers to admin people. It's an absolute embarrassment. This team is an embarrassment. The franchise is run as an embarrassment. The Redskins are an embarrassment to the league. They're an embarrassment to Washington, D.C., Virginia, and the awesome stuff that we have here. It's an embarrassment. So, look, looking at the schedule, I think we don't know the exact schedule for next year, but we do know that it looks like the NFC East is going to have one of the easiest uh, schedules or or series of opponents in, in in recent history anyway. I mean, it's... It is not a good roster of teams that are coming through, with the exception of the Pats coming in, if I'm not mistaken. FP, you sent it out. Um, I think we were looking at it in our WhatsApp WhatsApp thread. We we had an easy schedule this year. Look what I know, happened. I know, but it's we even easier next easy year. Schedule. We have an even easier one next year, and we won't be able to capitalize on it. Well, the, the hardest one is going to be the Bears. That When we play the Bears or a healthy, new, revamped Green Bay Packers, that might be the two biggest concerns that I see, aside from whatever the Patriots end up being, depending on Brady. Let's let's wrap up the show. I'm gonna I'm gonna toss two questions out there. One question to both of you. Same question. You are the Washington Redskins owner, Dan Snyder. Your New Year's resolution for twenty nineteen LP is what? Ooh this is uh LP being Dan Snyder. My New Year's resolution would be I got to stop bullshitting the fans because they're seeing right through me. Attendance is down the most in the league. I got to stop bullshitting them. FP, you're Dan Snyder. Your New Year's resolution is what? Listen to the hashtag and get rid of Bruce Allen. (laughs) Even though a hashtag shouldn't warrant a business decision, if you have your entire fan base and your monetary income say, we don't like this person, from a business standpoint, at some point, it has to take take place. LP, same question, but now you are fire Bruce Allen. What is your New Year's resolution? <laughs> to make it out alive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. FB, what, you're Bruce Allen. What's your one thing for 2019? Find a way to convince everybody this was Doug Williams' fault. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know those wheels are already in motion. You know he's doing the side, the side wink in the gun, uh, pointer right at Doug, uh, left and right here. I'll tell you what, man. If I'm Dan Snyder for 2019, I'm making concessions free at home games. I just want, I just want people to come in. I, I want to find out. You have to find a way to get people to care again. You have to find people. You have to find actual Redskins fans that are willing to come out and sit. You know, the Falcons, the Falcons did, I think, a masterful job of getting their stadium. Uh, you know, at Mercedes-Benz Dome, Atlanta, whatever I think is what it's called. I mean, reducing concessions to basically like normal prices that allow young fans in particular to come with their families made a big deal for that team. Now, the team, the product on the field still wasn't good enough, but the attendance was one of the best in the league. It rebounded really quickly. I, I don't see how 
Dan has to find a way to win the fans back. And the concessions at your home games is one of the easiest ways to do it. Make parking free. Find a way. Like show, uh, I agree, right? Send a letter out. Do something and then give fans a reason to come. Relax the parking restriction or, you know, buy one parking pass, get a second. Find some way to get people back. But you know what? If he's willing to, once upon a time, he spent $800 million to buy the team. Is he willing to lose, I don't know, let's say three or four million next year on concession between reducing concessions and parking to make it to make the fan experience better? Like I'm not I'm still not going, but I'm sure that there's enough people. We know a lot of Redskins fans that would probably consider going if beer went down to four dollars instead of twelve and parking went from forty to five or to zero. No? You don't you disagree with me, FP? No, I I actually agree with you. Uh other than that, maybe providing uh, his own transportation system to get all the way out there. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe that's another way to do it. But I, I think you, you, you stand up if and you say, gonna, "Listen, if you're going to make beer that cheap with the product that's probably going to be on the field, he'll lose all his money." He's not going to lose all his money. His money comes from the TV ratings, and if he can get that's more, how bad the look, product once, up, is. once upon we'll a time there used to be money. local blackout rules, right, where you couldn't watch the game locally on TV if you didn't have a certain number of people in attendance. The Redskins are eerily close to that. And I don't think those numbers are still in effect because of the new DirecTV and the TV money deal that came in from ESPN. But that being said, I mean, even if the team is bad, right? You look at the Packers. The Packers are a good example of this. Lambeau Field is always full of green. And it doesn't matter whether the team is good, bad, performing, not performing. Their their fans never get run out of their building, even in the worst possible weather. Right, and I think the Redskins have to take a page out of that playbook. The Giants are another team. Like you never see, you never see other teams go into New York and take over the Giants Stadium. You never see it with the Cowboys. You see it with transient markets like DC, to some extent, formerly in San Diego, now in LA. You see it in Arizona. You see it in Florida. You see it because all the snowbirds. But DC still has enough fans. I I still believe that Dan can get sixty thousand Redskins fans into FedEx. But he's got to do something drastic. He's got to he's got to take it on the chin and say, you know what, I've effed up for the last twenty years. You know, buy a beer and the second one's on me. Um, you know, park for free. Do something to get people excited and get Redskins fans back in that building, or else we're just gonna, you know, by week three we'll have whoever's playing cornerback basically complaining that the fans aren't on our side and blah blah blah, and it'll just keep repeating itself. But anyway, that's what I would do if I'm if I'm fire Bruce Allen or. Um, or Dan Snyder, I'm looking at find. I'm trying to find ways to get fans back in, knowing that I'm going to have a subpar product on because my two best quarterbacks on the roster don't have right legs. And um, yeah, I mean that that's where you're at. That's where you're at. You you have a lot of competition in this. The NFC East is also in a weird spot where the teams are all basically stuck at the same level. Like I don't want to see Eli Manning in a Redskins jersey. I, I don't want to see. I don't want to see Carson Wentz in a Redskins jersey. I don't want to see any of those guys. I, I I fully acknowledge that this is this is who the Redskins are, and this is what we have to deal with for the next couple of years. Any final thoughts, boys? There, there's no hope in this team. I'm done. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. 2019 off to a great start. Hail to the Redskins. Hashtag fail to the Redskins if you follow us on Twitter. This has been DTC for FP and LP. My name is Joe. Happy New Year to everyone. This uh, puts a bow on Redskins talk for a while. Coming up later this week, Wizards talk. We're going to talk about John Wall. LP and I are going to get into it because I'm ready to trade him. LP, I think, is still stuck on somehow making it work with John Wall uh, in, in a Wizards uh, jersey. 
and we have a show. We also are going to do some wild card weekend, a wild card weekend show. We have uh, Joe Razzi's coming back for that one, hopefully to be recorded on Thursday and posted on Friday. So stay tuned. Lots of stuff coming from DTC. Thank you as always. Happy New Year. Hopefully, look, two days and two shows. Maybe there's 364 more of these to go. We'll see. We'll see how many we get done in 2019. Happy New Year. We are out.